0: On today's podcast, from the North Wahala Church of God, Lacey Godwin shares a message, a plague in this generation. Today's message is from Sunday evening, April 8th, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Lacey Godwin. Flip with me to number 16, um, verse 41 through 48. And while we're flipping there, I just want to um, thank Pastor Nolan. I don't see him in here, but thank you so much for this opportunity to speak. Um, I'm extreme. There you are. I'm extremely excited. I love to talk about the the word, and so I'm extremely excited to get to present the word to you tonight. Um, I'm thank you for all these people that came to see me. I'm excited you're here too. Um, so if you'll just stand with me for the reading of God's word, verse 41. It says, "But on the next day, all of the congregation of." Of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. And when the congregation had assembled against Moses and against Aaron, they turned toward the tent of meeting, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from the midst of the congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces, and Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put fire on it. put fire on it from the altar and lay it on it and lay incense on it and quickly carry it to the congregation to make atonement for them for the wrath has gone out from the Lord the plague has begun so Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly and behold the plague had already begun among the people and he put on the incense and he made atonement for the people and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stopped How many of you know the plague has broken out in our generation and in our culture right now? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I just thank you and I worship you, God. I thank you, God, that you are our healer, Lord, that you are our deliverer. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would use this message tonight to touch the hearts of the people. God, I pray that you would do with it what only you can do. God, because apart from you, as we learned this morning, we can do nothing. So, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would soften the hearts of the people tonight. God, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Lord, hide me behind the cross that only you be glorified. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So, um... The plague has broken out. The plague has broken out, and I and I came up with a few plagues in my head that that I think that we all can uh, agree that there there are plagues in this generation. Drugs and alcohol are are rampant in this generation, and I, as I go through these that I'm I'm naming off, I don't want anybody to feel condemned because I'm not condemning anybody. But I think that if you if you are struggling with this in any sort of way, it's because you you should realize that it's because the plague has broken out in this generation. And so, drugs and alcohol are on the rise. Homosexuality is everywhere. People are confused about their gender. They don't have clarity of thought to know who they are. Um, if you turn on the TV, you can't turn on a TV show that doesn't have drugs, sex, or alcohol, or cussing in some sort of way. Um, people are still enslaved in 2018. We don't, still, we don't think about that, but people are still enslaved today. Um, domestic violence Is crazy. Um, South Carolina a few years ago was number one in domestic violence. How insane is that? I just heard a story on the news of how there's a five-year-old missing in Tennessee, and his father is being charged with criminal homicide um, toward him. And so, um, things are just things have broken out, and and sex trafficking has is. Um, still there today. We 85. How, uh, Interstate 85 is the most trafficked road, the most traveled road with sex trafficking. And so more than likely, we've been on the road at the same time on 85 as someone else is being sex trafficked into Atlanta or into anywhere um, like that. And we can go on and on saying about, these, about the plague that has broken out in our society and our generation. But I just wanted to be clear that we all know what's going on. And so... Before I really go into the message, I want to give you the context of this scripture. Um, I'm a stickler on that because I believe that you shouldn't just read a scripture out of context, but you need to know what's going on. So. Um, In chapter 16, we have these guys. One's named Korah, Abiram, Dathan, and on. And then they have 250 other men that are with them. And they are in a rebellion against Moses and against Aaron. And Korah is like the ringleader. And Korah says to Moses, he says, um, For all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. So um, just from that context right there, we can probably... (coughs) we can probably know that something good is not going to happen to Korah because he's a little bit prideful there. I mean, if you know um, Proverbs 16:18, it says that pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And, and then in 1 Peter 5, 5, he talks about how God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we can go ahead and know something's not good that's coming toward Korah. And so Moses says, okay, Cora, this is what we're going to do. You grab a censer and you put fire from the altar on it and incense and you present yourself before the Lord and I'm going to do the same thing and we're going to see who the Lord chooses. And so obviously the Lord says, Moses, you are the holy one. And so we have um, Moses here is talking to the congregation. And the Lord at this point, is his anger burns against the congregation. And, and if you read, it says the, the Lord wants to destroy the congregation right then and there. And Moses comes in and he says, Lord, don't kill the whole congregation for the sins of one man. And so the Lord honors Moses' prayer. Um, and so Moses tells them, though, he says... Look, if I'm, not the, if I'm not from God, if I'm not the man of the Lord, then these men are going to die a natural death. But if I am the man, the man of the Lord, the Holy One that He has chosen, then they're not going to die a natural death. And as soon as He got done speaking, the earth opened up, their tents fell in with their family, their possession, everything they owned, and it closed back over them. And then the other 250 men that were left, fire from heaven fell and consumed them. And that's where we pick up in our scripture. And so all of the congregation grumbled and complained against Moses saying, you have killed the men of God. You've killed God's people. And if I was Moses, which I'm so glad I wasn't because I would have gotten a little bit sarcastic there. Like, come on guys, the ground just opened up, the people fell in and the ground closed, right? Because I can do that, yes. So obviously these people don't know the power of the Lord, but but see, um, They grumbled and they complained against Moses and against Aaron. And so what I want to focus on tonight is the fire from the altar, the incense, the censer, the word atonement, and then Aaron's position. So we go in and and Moses tells Aaron, grab your censer and put fire from the altar on it. And there's a lot of symbolism in the Old Testament. The Old Testament has a lot of symbolism. And so I was researching, and I was looking things up, and fire from the altar. If you have been here on Wednesday nights when Neil has um, went over the tabernacle, part of the tabernacle is the altar. And on the altar, there were sacrifices that were offered. And so the sacrifices that were offered was the, the worship of people. People came to the altar to worship. And so we see that the, the fire from the altar represents the praise of the people. In Psalms 141:2, the second part of that, it says, "Let the lifting up of my hands be counted as an evening sacrifice." And so, these people here, Moses is Moses tells Aaron, he says, "Go take, go take this censer and put put fire from the altar on it. Put some praise on it. Let's put a little praise on it." In Psalms 22:3, it says that God inhabits the praises of His people. And so, Moses is saying, "Hey, where your praise is, that's where God's that's where God's presence is going to be. So, take your censer and put a little praise on it because God is about." To use it. And so he goes into the next part of the the incense. And y'all, this is like one of my favorite parts. When I was researching, I was just like, whoa, this is so good. So the incense, um, the incense represents prayers of the godly people. In Psalms 41, 2, the beginning of that, I'll read it all. It says, let, the prayer, let my prayers be counted as incense before you. And let the lifting up of my hands be as an evening sacrifice. So we see that incense represents the prayers of the godly people. And if we, Joey, if you could put Second Chronicles 7:14 up. We all know this verse. And it says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will hear them from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? That's a good promise there that if my people would pray, then I'm gonna heal their land and I'm gonna forgive their sin. But see, I like this because if you see the I in if... It's a lowercase i. So that means that we're picking up in the middle of a sentence here. We're picking up in the middle of a thought. So if you'll put 13 up, this is what it says. When I shut up the heavens and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Isn't that so much more powerful that God says, when I send the plague out, when I I send out this when I allow this to happen, when I allow homosexuality to be on the rise, when I allow domestic violence to happen, if my people would pray, then I'll be faithful to forgive them and to heal their land. Amen. And so there is this song on the radio, it's called um, When We Pray, I think, it's, I don't even know who sings it, but I heard the guy, um, I heard him do an interview before the song came on, and um, the interviewer said, hey, so what, what caused you to, what caused you to write this song? And he said that there was a, one of his friends was preaching, and he said, um, he asked the question, if all of your prayers were answered right now, would it change anybody's life but yours? And that is, that's a big question right there. If, if all of your prayers right now were answered, would it change anybody else's life but yours? Would it change your community? Would it change anything? Because see, I think I get caught up in these little tiny baby prayers and more like wishes because I bring them onto myself of like, oh Lord, please help me get to school on time. God, please help me to pass this test. Lord, please help me to get out of this speeding ticket. Like, those are my little baby prayers. And and y'all, I got pulled over the other day, but that's a funny story. Um, And so God God says here, when I send the plague out, when I send it out, because it's gonna happen, when I send it out, if you'll just pray, if you'll just turn from your wicked ways and seek my face, I will be faithful. I'll be faithful. I'm going to follow through on my word to heal your land and forgive your sin. Yes. The next part is the censer. So the censer is, um, it's simply the tool in which that was care that, that held the praises and the prayer. The tool that held the praises and the prayer. In the NLT version, it doesn't even say the word censer. It just says incense holder. And so that tells us that, that it's really not, it doesn't represent much. It doesn't represent much at all. But see, the thing is, is that we are the censor. We are the ones that carry the incense and we're the ones that carry the, the fire from the altar. We carry the praise and the prayer. We are the method that God uses. We're the instrument of praise. We're the instrument of prayer that God uses to go out into the plague. Amen. The next um, part is atonement. Um, so I know I grew up in church and everything, but sometimes church words are hard, like atonement, you know, that's not used in my everyday life, that I don't just go out and say atonement. So I looked up the definition, and the definition in the Christian theology is the reconciliation of God and humankind through Jesus Christ. The reconciliation of God and humankind through Jesus Christ. And so that got me thinking, and and in 2 Chronicles 5, 17 through 19, I'm going to read it really quick, it says, It is now our job to reconcile the world. It is now our job to go out and to bring restoration into the world. That's another word for reconciliation. To bring restoration into into the lives of people saying, hey, you know what? I know a healer. I know someone that can deliver you. I know someone that can break that addiction. I know someone that, that has the intimacy that you're looking for. I know someone that can bring clarity back to your mind. I know someone that can bring you freedom. And see, that's what, that's what we are called to do. We're called to be the example of Christ. We're called to live in a Christ-like way. And that was, that was what Jesus did. Jesus reconciled us to God through his blood. Aaron's position. Y'all, this is pretty good. So Aaron, he was the high priest. Um, and if you go and you read in Leviticus what the, what the high priest is, um, or what like... What he has to go through and the qualifications for him to stay a high priest. One thing is that he cannot touch or go near anything dead. Um, if he did, then he would be ceremonially unclean. Then that was not a good thing. You can't. If you're a high priest, that's that's a no go. So, what he did though was he took his censer and he took his praise in his prayer, and he ran into the middle of the congregation, and he stood between the dead and the living, knowing that he was sacrificing his position, knowing that he didn't have to do that because he had the authority not to do that, but knowing that he did that to make atonement for the people because he had a love for the people. And I don't know if that reminds you of anything, but that just kind of reminds me of Jesus a little bit. Because if we go to Philippians 2, 6 through 8, it says, Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but it Himself by taking on the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice of his position. Though he was God, he was in equality with God. He didn't count that as something to be grasped. He knew the job he had to do. He knew that he was gonna die on the cross for us. He knew that he, he, it was his job to reconcile God and humankind. And so he sacrificed his position to do that. And I just wanna think about that for a second because there's times in our lives that we're gonna to have to sacrifice our position. We're gonna to have to sacrifice things to go and to reconcile the world back to Christ. And see, Aaron was an intercessor. Aaron was an intercessor for the people, and the intercessor just means he intervened on behalf of people, on behalf of the people. And there are times that we have to interse- we have to be the intercessors on behalf of the world, because the world knows no better. The world is out there lost and undone without God, without a Savior, and they know no better. And so we are called to be the intercessors. We're called to be the ones that will stand in the gap for the people. We're called to be the ones that's going to stand between the living and the dead and say, not today, Satan. You're not getting them today. You're not getting my community today. And so I know, I know that I know that I know that this is a message from the Lord. I know that I know that I know. But my question to you is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because the plague is broken out. The plague is broken out. But the church seems to not care I think in the past, our, in the past, we've kind of been, and I'm not, I'm not just saying we as in North Wahala. I'm saying we as in the church, Big C. We are, we tend to lock those doors and say, mm, "You have purple hair, you can't come in here." Ooh, like you had a child out of wedlock. <sighs> Maybe the church down the road will take you. Like we we can't be that church anymore. It is our job to step up and be the Christians that God has called us to be, and be the church that God has called us to be, and make reconciliation for the people yes amen but see I want to make one more point one more point because this is a hard point this is a hard thing to grasp where was the plague from? who'd the plague come from? the plague came from God If we read it, it says, the wrath has gone out from God, the plague has begun. And I know that it's hard to think about God this way. It's hard to think that God would send this terrible, awful thing to wipe out his people. I know that that's a hard thing to grasp, but see, God is very clear in his word. He's very clear in Leviticus when he says, if you're obedient, you'll get blessings. And if you're disobedient, you'll get cursings. Because if we believe that God will bless us, we have to believe that God is just as capable and just as able and just as faithful to send us blessings blessings if we're obedient and curses if we're disobedient. And so God had given the Israelites time after time, repent, time after time, be obedient to me, reconcile yourself back to me, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways. And even even Moses interceded for them earlier and said, God, don't don't kill them yet. Don't send something out. And if I was Moses, I'd have been like, yes, God, please wipe out these Israelites. They're awful. But... See, God, see they were, God gave them opportunity after opportunity to make themselves right, to make themselves right with him, but they didn't. And so if God did not send the plague out, if God did not send something out, then he would be a liar and we would serve a liar. And that's just not possible, we don't serve a liar because God is faithful and God is just. And sometimes in our minds, the just thing is all skewed because we don't see what God sees and <laughs> his ways are higher than our ways. But see, I believe that God has allowed plagues to break out in our culture. I believe that, that our culture and our people and our, and our generation has been disobedient to the Lord. And so because of that, I believe that the plagues have broken out because there's always a, a consequence to your sin. When you're disobedient to God and you sin and you willfully turn away from Him, there's always gonna be a consequence. But I also believe at the very same time that, that God allows this to happen, God gives us the opportunity to be who we're called to be, to stand in the gap for the people and to be the church He's called us to be. See, because I mentioned that we have to sacrifice some things. But we do, because when we just read in Philippians, it says that God emptied himself. Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself. And the Word talks about how we have to die daily. Chris talked about that in Sunday school this morning. We have to die daily. We take up our cross daily. And so there are things that we have to sacrifice in our lives. Maybe we can't watch that TV show anymore. Maybe we can't go out and do the things that we used to do anymore because we need to be home praying. We need to be home praising. We need to be home ready to make intercession for the people. And so we have to die daily. But see, the thing is, I was telling my mama, I was like, and my daddy, shout out to mom and daddy. um, I was telling them that... I felt like this word was really, really hard, and it is really hard, it's a really hard word, but see the joy that comes from this word is that we're not alone. When we're called to go out and we're called to stand between the living and the dead, Jesus never said you have to do it alone. He said that I will never leave you nor forsake you and I will be with you till the very end, (laughs) that we are not by ourselves. And see, even if we were by ourselves, we would get nothing done, because apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from His Spirit, our words are nothing. Our songs are nothing apart from His Spirit. And so when we go out, and we are to go out and make atonement for the people, we're to go out and bring restoration to the people, we are not alone. We're not by ourselves. And that's the joy that we can have. See, because I believe... I believe that God is about to use our praise and our prayer. I believe that there's something that's about to break in this atmosphere. I believe that there's something that's about to change and that God is going to use our prayer and our praise to make that happen because we are the instruments and the tools of that. And so, Danny, if you'll go ahead and begin to play. This is what I want to do. I know that I've talked a lot faster than I planned to. Um, You know, if, if everyone will just go ahead and stand with me. And so this is the time that we would have an altar call. And so this is what I want to do. Because I think that as Christians, we have a responsibility that sometimes isn't talked about. It sometimes isn't talked about when we're, when we're talking, to G, talking to people about Jesus and saying, oh, you should let Jesus into your life. We don't always give them the responsibility that comes with that. Because it's a resp- it brings responsibility to, ha- to be a Christian. Because when you, when you know of Jesus and you know his word, and you know that there's a plague out there and there's an enemy against our soul, it's our time to step up. It's our time to be who we're called to be. And see, God's word equips us to be that person. And so this is what I want to do. The altar is always open. If you have a need, if you, if you say, Lacey, you know what? I wanna be one of those people. I wanna be one of those people that stands between the living and the dead, but I've got something in my life I need to get under the blood. I've got something in my life I need to leave here at the altar and not pick back up as I walk back out there. That's perfectly fine. You just come. You come on and that's fine and there's gonna be someone here to meet you, but if not, for the rest of us, this is what I want us to do. I want us to just spend some time in prayer and some time and praise because I know that it's Sunday night and I know that the youth group is tired and I know that we're ready to eat and we're ready to go home to see our families but can we just prepare for a minute because as soon as we walk out that door that's where the plague waits as soon as we walk into the restaurant it's there it's there guys and so this is what I want You can stay in your seats or you can come to the altar but I want us to pray and I want us to genuinely pray not just this little head head down eyes closed kind of thing I want us to pray because the time the times getting getting close where the Lord's gonna come back and I know that I have family members that are lost I have family members that are dying out there that are that are being caught up in the plague and I sure don't want them to go to hell because I could have prayed an extra 2 minutes. You know. So if you would just if you'll just bow your heads with me and we're going to pray and then we're going to Danny's going to lead us in a worship song and then we'll turn it back over to Neil. So Lord, I just worship you God. Lord, I worship you for this time that you've given us. God, I worship you for the word that you've given us because God, I believe it's a word that's in the right season, in the right time. God, it's a hard word and it's a hard challenge, but Lord, I pray, God, that we would put on our praise and we would put on our prayer knowing that you're about to use it, knowing that nothing we can do is gonna come between that. Knowing nothing that we could do on our own accord is is worth anything, God, but it's only something if you use it. So God, I pray that you would take our prayers and our praise and do what only you can do with it. God, I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to pray. Teach us the words that we need to say, the things that we need to do to make atonement for the people, to go out and make reconciliation for the people. Lord, I thank you, God, and I just bind the prayer of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. I bind them in the name of Jesus. Your word says what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So God, that's what I pray right now. I pray that you would send a spirit of freedom, God, a spirit of restoration, Lord. God, a spirit of encouragement for us as we go out and as we take on this world and we realize who we are. God, that we would stand firm. We would stand firm because if we don't stand firm, we won't stand at all. God, I praise you and I worship you, Jesus. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for for your word. I thank you that you equip us to do what your word says. God, I pray that this wouldn't just be a, a regular Sunday night that we go out and Monday morning, we forget what was talked about. But God, I pray that we would meditate on this, that we would meditate on your word, Jesus. We would meditate on what you've called us to do because it's a responsibility. It's a big responsibility. Lord, I just worship you, God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus.